Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everybody. We are doing our sort of interlude between classes. Um, just for the record, because I know a lot of people are listening in our kids this week, we will not have class next week because it is the day before Thanksgiving in the States, but I know a lot of people are traveling and so forth, so we won't be meeting up next week. Um, today, though, when I talked about subjects for what we were going to do next, I thought about doing a whole series on this subject, and I think that we're all really well-versed in this. So a whole series is probably dramatic overkill um, in terms of self-care, and particularly self-care around the holidays or other other times in our life that require extra energy expenditures. And yet, and you guys know me well enough to know that I, I can't even get away with being hypocritical on this subject. I, I mean, I teach this stuff. I've written tons of stuff about it. My leader product for my list is the self-care clinic. I have a program and a plan and a list, and I hammer it down every one of my clients' throats. And I don't always nail it as well as I would like to. And one of the reasons I think that is is because, well, there's two things. So I want to kind of touch on the two things, and then I'm going to open the floor up to discussion. I mean, I strongly believe in a list of 10. And the reason I like the list of 10 is because it's doable and it's measurable. And you, you have a plan, you know where you're at, and you know how to score that. So you can keep track of your energy fluctuations. The thing about the list of 10, though, is it needs to be kept up to date. And I think that's the same with any self-care plan that you might have, whether it's my traditional list of 10 or something else. Self-care plans tend to go stale fairly quickly. And very often, we don't keep up with them. I mean, if you don't have a plan, that's probably the first thing you should do is plan to make one. But making sure that you're keeping your self-care rituals current with the season, current with what's happening in your life, changing it up, I mean, monthly, weekly, if Janet was here, it would probably have to be weekly for her um, because she rapid cycles. I mean, I tend to be a little bit slower with things, but not keeping your self-care plan up to date, I think, is a recipe for disaster. But the other, I think, potential pitfall is thinking that standard self-care is going to be enough when life is not standard. So, I mean, some of you already know I encountered that last summer where my life got to be not standard, and he's okay now. He was just at the top of the stairs crying. Um <laughs> My life got to be sort of not standard, and I was doing, I think, a pretty solid job of keeping up on my self-care for a long time, but it wasn't enough. My energy, my energy expenditure was significantly higher than it usually is, so my standard self-care plan was enough to keep me solid and grounded and right on when my life was typical, but as I started spending more energy... I wasn't building in enough energy to meet that need. 
and ended up in crisis of all manner in terms of not having managed my self-care well enough. And, I mean, I know this stuff, and I still, I mean, I think I said it to you, Jackie. It's like I'm doing the things I know I should do, and it still wasn't meeting the need. But if I think about energy in terms of money, you know, in that same way, I was spending way more. I mean, I was mm-hmm. I was way outside my budget because my life had done some pretty big shifts and my energy expenditures were way higher, but I wasn't doing anything extra to build it in. So kind of what I want to talk about today, and I'm going to open this up for you guys, is, you know, where you're at with your self-care plan currently. You know, do you have one? Are you working a list of 10? I think Jackie's probably doing something similar, slightly different. And then... Well, let's start there. And then on our second round through this conversation, I want to talk about how we move into the holidays and the new year, what your plan is for building in a little bit of extra energy so that you have that to spend so that we don't hit the new year inadvertently or accidentally depleted because no matter who you are, these next few weeks will have an impact on your day-to-day routine. And so we want to make sure that we've got enough that we can experience that in a joyful way. So first round is just what is your current self-care plan? And Jackie, you're always first. (laughs) Okay, my self-care plan is fairly uh, ritualistic, so it's uh, which would look like a routine from the outside. Um, The time that I change it up is usually my moon cycle because I have found that... um, if I don't, my cycle will deplete me really, really, really fast. So I have to have like all kinds of epic um, stuff. And it starts with uh, the very first thing on my, on my moon cycle list is clear as much of my, of my calendar as I can. So anything that isn't an absolute set in stone, somebody paid me to do something, obligation, I say goodbye to it for those couple of days. Um, and then there's there's other sort of more physical things that have to be done, but I find that if I don't leave the space for myself, then chances are um, it'll take me a lot longer to get back in a groove than it needs to. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm finding with most stuff is that preemptive self-care that looks like spoiling myself is a very potent weapon to not fall over you know, when the shit is a fan. Um mm-hmm. and and that's kind of where I am right now. I'm I'm in the middle of delivering this last half of a big program. I have basically decided that December is going to be um recuperation, reconnection, all that kind of stuff. And I'm amping my self care up from this point because I know it's going to be that on top of Christmas, on top of the child being away for the first time and all this kind of stuff. Um I am going to need as much support I can as I can give myself, um, and that's really yeah, that's where I'm at. It's like preemptive self care is really like buying energy packets, prepaid energy cards that you can mm-hmm. use in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think when we can put it on the calendar, like I love that you make some adjustments for moon time. Um, I love that I can say moon time now. I think that's yeah. so awesome. Um, <laughs> I love, and I love your awareness of that. That's probably not something I build in really well in my schedule and probably could benefit from. 
I sort um, of absolutely had to. Um, it got okay. to a point where it would wipe me out for a week and I was useless. And uh, physically, it was it just kept accumulating because I never recovered properly from the previous months. I ended up anemic and all that kind of crap. It's just not worth it. So now I am particularly careful. And it has paid mm-hmm. dividends because the last time it was one day and I was back to work. Um, so it was really, really cool. Nice. Excellent. Jamie, if you want to type in what your self-care plan is currently, and I'll read that in when we get through the list. How about you, Nikki? What's your self-care plan look like? Um, my self-care plan really revolves around honoring my HSP. I'm very, like, sensitive. And then, so I'm really using my intuition and just going, just, you know, really listening if I want to attend a certain event or if I want to be in a certain atmosphere because I have a tendency to try to do everything and then I just get exhausted. And so in this way, you know, I'm honoring my intuition and honoring, you know, my space and energy by doing that. And um, spending a lot of time in nature is really good for me. So just really honoring, you know, like I said, my need for um, for being in nature as well as just being really discerning. I think that's the, the key for me is just really discerning where I want to be and how I want to expend my energy and who I want to be around, really. I like that. I, and I think that you're actually very good at honoring your intuition. I think that's something. I think for me, I need something more disciplined than that. And I I want to say I'm good at honoring. I'm good at feeling my intuition. I'm not on always good at honoring it. So I, I've got to be a little bit more disciplined. But my sense with you is that you are very good about that. It's, yeah. Yeah. All right, Miss Rachel. How about you? Um, so I would think of mine as pretty basic, but I, you know, have my list of ten. We just redid it last week, and for me, if I don't have this list of ten and make it literally like drink water during my day, eat three meals and seriously make it basic, then I don't pay attention to that stuff and the whole entire week goes by and I get depleted pretty quick and it ruins my weekend. So I think right now I'm just trying to take care of me and have this checklist every night that I'm going through to make sure I've really, you know, made sure my energy is up and and the focus is on myself rather than work, which is where I tend to focus everything on. Yeah, and I so are you guys. You guys are familiar with the list of ten. Are you guys familiar with the list of ten concept? Mhm. Mhm. Okay. Um, Jamie says on her two flex days, she tries to limit what she does, gets extra sleep, naps as needed, takes detox baths. Once a month, I get a massage. I also try to have more than one scheduled. Not more. Try not to have more than one scheduled activity each weekend. Otherwise, she's way too drained. I hear that. Um, I will. So the list of ten. I'm going to review that really quickly. And it was in the self care clinic audio that I sent out. So when people are listening to this, you can also listen to that audio. But basically, what it is is the way Rachel just described it. It's ten things that you do for yourself every day that keeps you at a, a level energy balance. And some of it really, really is basic super basic, like drinking your water. I mean, for me, taking my vitamins, listening to music in the morning because it helps me set my day, getting my makeup on. Some of it's a little less basic, like maybe, you know, whatever exercise practice I'm doing or whatever meditation or manifesting practices I'm doing. 
that it's 10 things you do every day, every single day that you know kind of through experience, through sort of hitting this kind of experimentation actually works. And when you're putting together your list of 10 things, I think it's a really good idea to look at yourself as a holistic being. So making sure that there are things on your list that address your physical well-being, your emotional well-being, and your spiritual well-being. Um, The reason I like the list of 10 is because it's gradable. And I think that gradable helps. Like I know for sure if I fall below a 70%, my next day is not going to be as good because I haven't built the energy I'm sort of draining. If I fall below a 50%, it's going to start to get rocky really quick. So it gives me control over knowing how much energy I'm going to have. It kind of puts me in the driver's seat without having to guess what my energy is going to look like, which is useful for me. Um, But it doesn't address, like I said, those extra energy expenditures. One of the things that I learned last summer was that my list of 10 didn't leave me with enough surplus of energy to go very far without decline. So I kind of came to the conclusion that my list of 10 wasn't meaty enough, that I might have been, I might have been maybe wimping out on it and making it too easy because my activities didn't give me more than maybe a two or three week reserve to spend extra. Um, when we don't, I mean, sometimes things happen we can't plan for, but like the holidays, I think we can plan for So I will tell you a couple of things that I am adding to my routine over the next little bit um, just to give me that little extra bump. Um, Thing number one is I, and I have this on my schedule and I don't tend to hold it sacred, but I am taking Mondays off. Um, I typically don't schedule clients on Mondays, but I often fill it in with like getting acquainted calls or other work things that I need to do. So I am going to give myself that third day off for the next week or for the next month, I mean, through the holidays, maybe well into January, and hold that much more sacredly than I have done in the past. Um, I am holding myself to, which sometimes I'm good at and sometimes I'm not, but I'm holding myself to a much more... um, I wanted to say regimented or strict, but I'm going to use the word sacred morning routine. And again, this is something Rachel and I have talked about because neither one of us are morning people. You guys know me. But I'm being much more, and I like the word Jackie just used in chat, ritualistic about my morning as in getting up and doing some of my sacred work in the mornings, which I tend to put off until later in the day. So doing my Qigong, doing my meditation, doing some of my LOA work before I even start my day so that I'm making sure I'm starting my day on the right foot rather than putting that stuff off until later in the day. And we are adding a absolutely firm, without exception, even if we have to lock him in the closet, out of the house date night. Um, (laughs) And please don't send CPS to my house because I really wouldn't lock him in the closet. Um, But... I really feel like that time for me does a tremendous amount of good for me maintaining my energy and staying connected in my relationships. So those are some of the things that I'm adding, and I won't say emergency self-care, but I would say extra self-care 
so that I'm mindful about building in more energy for these next few weeks. Um, yeah, and I I'm gonna I am going to take my vitamins. I am. I am. I am. So Jackie, how are you modifying your self care for the next few weeks? Uh, I did mention that my first self care mandate is to be very diligent about boundaries and scheduling. Um, I I noticed a, in a willingness or a, in a desire to offer the best service I can, I've been getting. I've been saying, "Oh well, you give me a time that works for you, and I'll get." And so mm-hmm. I, here, you know, and that's just. Um, I'm coming from a good place, but it n- almost never ends up feeling good. So um, uh, I just. I, I need to make sure that that becomes sacrosanct and an honoring of me um, and, and an understanding that I will do my best to help, you know, to, to facilitate the best delivery I can, but at the same time, self-care at these times becomes non-negotiable. Um, the other thing that I'm doing, I've already uh, cleared out certain times of days, like Friday afternoons from after the purchase league call, that's done, and that's when Christmas presents and all that kind of stuff will be handled. So that's my my more nesting thing. And then um, just really making sure basics like hydration and eating and getting to sleep on time and turning the TV off soon enough and that kind of thing, those are all... Um, I, I know that those are usually there, but they now have to become non-negotiable, if right. that makes sense. I want to touch on sleep for a second, and I can do it. I always feel sketch. I feel I feel awkward when I do this. When Janet's on the call, she's going to listen to the archive and she's going to laugh at me. But she's on the opposite end of the world, as are some of our other members, and so they cycle through this thing opposite we do. But we are headed into the darkest days of the year, and there is something very tangible and biological, physiological about that. Our bodies call out like every other creature on the planet when they go into the darker times of the year to rest more. I mean, hibernation isn't all about survival of the cold. It's very much about regeneration for the next, you know, for the next warm season. So I I think a little extra sleep, a little more honoring of that nudge to sleep in, a little more honoring of that nudge to go to bed early should probably be on everybody's list this time of year because nature creates a mandate for it right now. I think one of the reasons that we tend to have problems with things like colds and flu obviously has to do with vitamin D and sunshine exposure, but it also has to do with the fact that we're kind of, we have it as a society we tend to ignore those biological rhythms. But sleep right now is probably incredibly important for all of us. Mhm. Okay, Nikki, how about you? Are you making any adjustments or are you just going to go with the flow and follow your intuition? Well, definitely going with the flow and also with that too is um, really limiting, I guess, the social media and news components for my life. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we've had some like dark things happen and whatnot, but it's just one of those things where I just don't really want to, I guess, focus on that energy because I'm very sensitive to that. You know, and then so... Yeah, and stepping away from social media and just, you know, just news in general for me. Anybody else taking a social media pause? I know that Rachel doesn't do much social media, but Jackie, are you taking a 
a moment, or are you doing okay with it? I'm sorry, Lev, I missed that. I didn't quite catch in. Are you taking any kind of sort of pause or break from social media with all of the stuff going on online right now? Um, to a certain degree, um, I'm doing a lot of post and run, what I call post and run, and I'm really only in my groups. Um, and once my program is done, I am planning to be fairly quiet over December. Uh, but, yeah, otherwise, I've not done anything madly specific. There was, I mean, last Sunday when Paris was uh, the main topic of conversation, I mm-hmm. shut down all social media. I just, I couldn't do that. Um, and that was a self-care thing. That was just like, I am, I cannot keep being witness to all this pain. So um, I, I closed it down and then I wrote something about it on Monday. But, uh, and since then, I, I really am staying away from my feed um, I, I'm in my groups. I'm, I, I'll post to my wall and then I'll close. Yeah. It's interesting. I read some studies recently, I mean, because in my neck of the woods and the relationship side, there have been some really compelling studies come out recently on the effects of social media on mental health and the effects of social media on relationships, and they aren't great. I tend mm-hmm. to think... I mean, I look at David's Facebook feed, and he's got a bunch of people he works with and a bunch of people he went to high school with, and his social media feeds are very different than mine because my social media feeds are all people who are love, light, and law of attraction. So (laughs) on the mental health side, I might not be at as much risk as the average person because I can see there's a distinction depending on what your feed looks like. But the, the studies are very, very compelling that you have to be diligent, you have to be mindful, and you have to be willing to take a step back when you need to. So, excellent. Okay, how about you, Rachel? What are you adding? Um, Well, I added November as my me month, and it's actually, I think, helping a lot. But it's funny that you mentioned sleep, because I've been trying. So I figured out recently that my Fitbit can track sleep, and it actually tells you like how long it takes you to fall asleep and how long you're asleep for and how restless you are. And I found it quite fascinating actually, which I wasn't doubting the fact that I sleep well, but I fall asleep instantly and I never move throughout the night and then I wake up. But I'm, it tells you, you can set a goal. So I set the goal at eight hours and it almost rewards you for that at, when you wake up in the morning. So I've been really trying to like sleep eight hours a night and I feel great when I do. Um, and I think, you know, just kind of, adjusting November as my get ready for the cold winter month has been really great. Nice. Excellent. So the other thing I wanted to do today before we kind of finish up, I want to, because going back to, I don't know, did everybody read the article about the Norwegians? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Yes. Nikki, did you say mm-mm or mm-mm? No, yeah, I didn't read it. Uh-uh. It was. It may have been a life-changing article for me, um, and I will dig it up out of my Facebook feed some point this evening, and I'll post it in the Facebook group. But the um, basically the premise of the article is this woman decided to go to Norway and study the Norwegians because Norwegians. Um, yes, Jamie, I will. I will address that in just a moment. It's a very good idea. Um, 
Norwegians have the lowest occurrence, or a very low occurrence, I wouldn't say lowest, but a very low occurrence of seasonal affective disorder. And given mm-hmm. where they sit on the globe, you would think it would be very high. I mean, they go weeks and weeks where they barely see the sun. And we tend to believe sort of scientifically that the cause of seasonal affective disorder is lack of sunlight. Mm-hmm. So she went to Norway to study them. And like she went in with the question, how do you endure winter? And she said she very quickly realized that they don't endure it, that that's the wrong question, that they actually really embrace it. And as cold and dark and by our standards awful as it might be there, they really look forward to it for a number of reasons. But one of the things that she talked about was they have a word, which there isn't in our language, and I won't even try to say what it was, but it basically equates to the feeling of coziness, like that delicious, wonderful, warm feeling of coziness, mm-hmm. and how they love that feeling. It was something like Kozilig, if anybody can mm-hmm. remember what it was, but I think that's it. So I want to take a round through, and if we could just, and Jamie, you can type this one in, what is your favorite way? your favorite sort of winter ritual tradition or your favorite way to experience that feeling of coziness? Because as we are heading into winter, I mean, I feel more optimistic about this winter than I have in a long, long time. And one of the things is I'm like seeking out ways to experience that feeling of coziness. They had a picture of a woman in warm wool socks, Nikki, so you'd fit right in. I'm just wondering (laughs) what your rituals or traditions are for really engaging that sort of wonderful feeling of coziness in your day-to-day winter experience. And I know, Jackie, you've lived places where winter is a bitch, so you should have some experience there. <laughs> what do you got? It, it took me a long time to find that thing, I will say. Um, for me, it comes to electric blankets. And, but I have, in the past, two or three winters um, discovered slippers that you can heat in the microwave. What? I have a pair. Yeah. Yeah. I've not heard of that. Uh, It has kind of like a buckwheat thing underneath and you heat them in Mm -hmm. the microwave and you slide your toes in and it's like insta-melt. It is the best feeling. And um, because I can't keep sliding into my bed electric blanket wise all day <laughs> um, I find that this is is really where it's at and and I know for myself if my he- feet are warm I have my pulse warmers on I will be warm and then I really don't mind about the weather um, per se uh, and then I love I, I light a lot more candles. I light candles as the sun goes down because the sun goes down too early for me, so the candles make it feel better. Um, so mm-hmm. candles and hot slippers and my pulse warmers are probably my thing. I'm going to look for that. I uh, I love that. How about you, Nikki? Um, for me, I really like curling up under blankets with a warm cup of tea and a good book. You know, I like doing that when it rains, but sometimes when, you know, when it's really, like, cold and you can just really just go underneath just a lot of blankets and just curl up like that, so I really like that. Yeah, I, so that's me. It's one of my favorites. I mean, we've all had some weather the past few days, but yesterday in the middle of this, like, raging storm, 
and I imagine David hates it when I do this, but I like went in the bedroom, opened all the windows wide, mm-hmm. and turned up the heat a little bit and climbed up underneath the blankets and took a nap with my puppies. And there is something oh. about that that sort of contrast between the chill and the breeze and the warm and the cozy that makes the movie oh, yeah. even better. I learned that when we used to live in Colorado and when we moved to Oregon and it rained all the time, my sister kept saying, there's nothing like napping to the rain. It's like, you'll, you'll love the rain if you just learn to nap to it. But yeah, she's kind of right. How about you, Rachel? Oh, I have a long list of cozy things lately. Um, but <laughs> I think the my top of my list right now is the blanket. I, I agree that I like getting under a blanket. I actually dug out one of my quilts my grandma had made me, you know, before she passed away. So I've been living with that this week and lighting candles and, you know, trying to kind of make my house a little cozier. And then I'm also a huge fan of of warming my car up before I get in it. So I've been timing myself in the morning and actually putting my car starter on and making sure my car is super cozy when I go to work in the morning because it's cold and dark. And um, I'm not really, I'm not a coffee or tea drinker so I've been trying to drink tea or hot chocolate I feel like that's a very cozy thing so I'm trying to add warm liquids into my routine I've, I'm, I may be developing a, a bad habit with the warm liquids but I'll go for that just a second I, I agree with Jackie candles like mm-hmm. I'm going to make an admission so don't judge The place to buy candles where you can get wonderful candles for the least amount of money is Walmart. And it's like every year, about the end of October, we make the pilgrimage to Walmart. And every year, my child reminds me we don't shop at Walmart. So, Mommy, (laughs) we don't go here. (laughs) But it's like, I'm going to buy enough candles that day that I can save myself some big money by doing it at Walmart. And I burn candles. Like when the sun goes down, the candles come on. I make sure that on the super, even during the daytime when it gets super dark outside, I've got candles burning in the rooms where I'm in. Um, I have also started when David gets off work, we are very often taking just a little drive down to the Starbucks and going and getting a cup of coffee together. Um, and that won't work in the summer. Because who wants hot coffee in the summer? But with the with the weather we're having right now, it's getting to be a really nice tradition of, you know, just having that time together and doing something that's warm and feeling good. So candles, my Starbucks, um, and I am finding that I am really liking the contrast. So I'm actually really enjoying my morning walk in the cold. And then coming in and sort of reveling in that warm coziness of my house. And the first thing I do is I put on my microwave slippers, Jackie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I usually heat them up extra before I leave. So they're just right when I get back. But, they're, I mean, all of these things, I think, that are things that have changed for me now that I'm looking for the thing to savor rather than looking for a way to endure which seems so logical and obvious, but just that shift in perspective has been really, really powerful for me. It's it's profound in all sorts of things, seriously. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we can look for 
even things like family gatherings, <laughs> um, yeah. which are also coming up. If we can look for the things we savor um, rather than... I, I, for example, have a father who is full of stories, and often the stories are ones we've heard before. But this last time that we were in South Africa, my mother mentioned that I'm letting him talk. And I thought, how weird that was. But what it is, is I'm savoring it, and it sounds awful, but I know that he's not going to be with me for another you know, three or four decades. This is this is countdown time. He's 83. Um, and so as much as I, I'm hoping he's going to do at least another 10 years, chances are that his stories are not going to be around, and, and so I'm savoring them. Um, mm-hmm. And it has made a difference. It really has. I'm in the Robert, same boat with that. My dad's 87 and I am in exactly that same place with that thing that you just described. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding that making note of what he tells me and um, asking him questions and finding out stuff that I didn't know before, um, he's got wildly interesting all of a sudden, whereas before I used to just either tune him out or change the subject. So, Yeah. I think, I mean, Jamie just said in chat that she's hosting Thanksgiving and has been dreading it for the last few weeks because she's been sick and tired, but consciously holding the event positively. I think we can have so much more impact on that than we think with just maintaining that expectation that it's going to be wonderful or, you know, planning on savoring, planning on all of it. It is way more, I don't know, it's just really profound. It makes a huge difference. And we can tend to write it off as just trying to shift your mindset. But I think we can have a very measurable impact on the outcome of those events and those things that we do by how we preload them coming in. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we have to make sure that our energy is up high enough to both do Mm -hmm. the preloading and the the. Um, the coping, because there is some, always. Agreed, yeah. I bet Jackie just said in chat, have to remind yourself not to go into Martha Stewart mode. I'm finding this year, and this is very un-me, I'm kind of enjoying Martha Stewart mode. Like, that almost feels like self-care. And not in the perfectionist kind of way, but in in that very nesting kind of way. I'm really enjoying the the subtle decorating and the you know the extra cooking and baking stuff that before I would have felt like I had to do and endured it for some reason this year, which probably isn't all that hard to identify, feels really comforting and delicious and much more self care y rather than extra task y. So, let me look at the time. I think we're done. Anybody else have any thoughts or any questions or anything you want to add before we're apart for a couple of weeks? No, this has been lovely. Mm. No. Anything in particular you want to cover in The Most Interesting Woman in the World? Anything anybody's interested in seeing there? Mm. You're going to leave this to my imagination, aren't you? Because it can be mm-hmm. some wild stuff. <laughs> did you see Did you see on Facebook that I really picked the lock today? With the yes. Yeah. 
saw that. That was so cool. Yeah, I think your imagination is going to be far better than anything I can suggest. So I'm I'm happy to leave it to you. It just makes me laugh. I mean, let's face it. It's it's master lock and a zip tie, and it's not that big of a deal. But there was something like super crazy empowering about actually hearing that lock pop and opening it up with a zip pop, zip tie. I felt like superwoman. It's bizarre. <laughs> Totally going to try it. Okay, so Jamie asked, and I agree, and I will post mine. I'm too bad that Rachel's not on Facebook because her list is awesome. (laughs) But for those of you who are in Facebook and listen to this archive, if we could list our um, list of 10, our sacred list of 10, or even if you're doing some sort of modified, I wouldn't say modified, but different self-care routine. Maybe we could post those things in the charismatic group so we can kind of get some inspiration from each other and kind of share in that experience a little bit. Thank you for reminding me, Jimmy. All right, you guys, go forth and have an amazing Thanksgiving and savor every little bit of it. Absolutely. Thank you, honey. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.